I, I got nothing. Just watch the piss me off. Oh my god. Podcast to drop some wrestling knowledge on your ass. It is time for this week's 607 TWS Live on twitch.tv slash 607 Podcast. Yeah! And that means we're in the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am your host, Rich, and I'm also those Three Fighters Podcast. I should always do that. And joining me, the other host here on 607 Podcast on Twitch, and you know him also as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's kick off this wrestling week, shall we? Yes, yes, yes. Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? There it is. You guys might have been here, but hear us in the beginning. I don't know, because I wasn't paying attention. I thought I would kill the mics, but maybe I didn't. I don't know. So you got some bonus content. I like, don't know. You got some bonus content. Like you might know where this show is going. <laughs> I, I, I could say, because you know, you want that bonus content, patreon.com slash 8122productions.com. You know, we're, we've had some technical difficulties today. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. But, uh, and we're still having know. technical difficulties. Instead of hitting the button, I want the soundboard said, fuck you. We're just going to scroll. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, such is life here at 607TWS. How's everybody? How's everybody's week? Hope everybody's doing great. Thank you if you're watching us live on twitch.tv slash 607podcast for joining us. And if you're listening on the 3 Fat Nerds Network of Podcasting, we also appreciate you. Don't, don't think we don't. No, we absolutely do. But you can always join us here. Uh, before we go any further, Ken M, show the hell of folks how to find you in the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast. Very simple. You want to talk ODPH, and I hope you do. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join the conversation on our social media accounts. You can find them all right there. Check out Parlay Points. New comics blogs coming this week. Don't even want to spoil the lineup. We've got some real good stuff coming. Check out the T Public Store, all that and so much more. ODPHpodcast.com. By the way, Dan, it is not Friday yet. I wish it was as well. But if you want to check out the Three Fat Nerds Podcast, you can find everything you need to know at 8122productions.com. We have a link to the T Public Store. We have a link to right here, this Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash podcast. Mm-hmm. We have the link to patreon.com slash 8122productions there as well. Little as $1 a month. Get you a ton of extra bonus content, all that and so much more. Uh, you know, over there at 8122productions.com, of course. We're on social media platforms, Three Fat Nerds Pod. Throw an at in front of it, and that's how you find us. Mind you, it's the number three, not the word three. Right. I always have to remind people of that because that I guess that gets people caught up sometimes, which I understand. 
So I don't. I just thought it would be really hard to write T H R E E instead of just the number three. Simpler is better. Represent the triple threat, by the way, with the yes. Who remembers the triple threat? Yes, yes, yes. Some EC dub, EC dub, EC dub. Not to be confused with GC dub. So if you could hear us in the beginning, yes. I'm not sure. Like I said, because all of a sudden the mics were on. Uh, if you could hear us in the beginning, you would know that this format of the show is simple. In the opening bout, we're going to talk about a show that we did not preview last week because I'm going to be honest, we forgot that it was happening until the day of. And that, of course, was Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory. I'm glad that we remembered it because we watched it live. Mm-hmm. And if you were following at OD Parlay Hour and at Three Fat Nerds Pod on Twitter or Twitter, sorry. You would have uh, seen a lot of tweets from that night. So there you go. And so we're going to do that in the opening contest. The opening bout, I should say. In the mid card, we're going to talk New Japan. We got G1 Climax results to talk about. Mm. Plus, we're going to talk about WWE Crown Jewel. Uh, as as last week, uh, the epic rant I went on, yeah. uh, we did not watch it. No. For reasons we gave last week, mm-hmm. we won't dive back into it. If you want, go back, go to the Three Fighters podcast <laughs> and uh, look up the wrestling show episode 98. Yes. And uh, you can see my, hear my rant for yourself. Uh, but we did not watch it, but we'll go over the winners and losers. But we are also going to talk about some tasty, tasty morsel, some Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair mm-hmm. dramas. Yes. And then AEW's up. And uh, <laughs> we're going to put something to rest once and for all. Episode 99 will be the ending point of something, and we're going to talk about it later. Yes. But that's because at episode 100, we have a huge news for you. We'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Give me a second. Because in the main event, we are covering GCW's weekend that went down pad this past weekend, and it was phenomenal. So all that is coming to you straight in front of you here at 607 TWS. Before we get to the show, before we get to one of Ken M's favorite parts, episode 100, we are promising a huge announcement. Yes. Because it is. It's a big announcement, and we are putting... The wrestling podcast game on notice. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things we're going to end tonight. I said it already because, and I'll give reasons why later. Right. Teasing, teasing, keep you watching, bait you along. Mm-hmm. But there's certain things we're going to put to bed because when in the future, you're going to get the best previews, the best reviews, and the best uh, you know opinions on the thing, all the pro wrestling like you do already here at 607 TWS. All the must, none of the fuss. Mm-hmm. So that is going forward, but there's going to be a huge advancement at uh, episode 100 we're waiting a week to tell you so if you want to find out first next monday 8 p.m eastern standard time twitch.tv slash podcast you will find out and it will be at the top of the show okay so we're going to talk about it just like we're doing now however i do have a call to arms because there's something else that we're that, that that's being debated been tossed around by myself and ken M. and i see that we have some people in the chat and we always do and it's not that i don't appreciate all you guys in the chat but we've been doing 607 tws for 100 episodes 50 plus or 50 about 50 of them is when uh, on twitch yes right around there because about a year so it's been a little over a year i would say a little over a year yes because uh we had the year uh year anniversary was last month Mm -hmm. and we've been doing this the whole time we've been on twitch so here's what i'm saying uh the numbers and by the way the numbers are nothing i i I enjoy talking to you guys i will do pay-per-views for the group of five people and it's, it's usually more than that but if there was five people and then we always have our active supporters during the commentary the live reactions and stuff that we do pay-per-views i do that because that's the way i like to watch pay-per-views now so i will always do those but when i'm looking at the numbers ken and and i'm, I'm not trying to be a dick or anything the odph growing continuing to grow somehow mm-hmm. some way three fat nerds podcast shooting to the moon mm-hmm. i can't even believe the numbers this podcast the download numbers very good mm-hmm 
getting around the little engine that could. That's why there's some big news next week. But with that being said, the Twitch numbers have kind of been stagnant. <laughs> so we're going to give this, it's call arms because we're going to give this till the first of the year. And if the numbers stay stagnant, we're just going to keep doing it on podcast form. Okay. We're not going to do it live on Twitch every week. I know. Kind of sucks. We'll still bring you the pay-per-views. We'll still bring you all the movie nights because we got a movie night. By the way, you guys, first here, first announcement here on this show for the actual date, November 20th will be the next 607 podcast movie night. You will not want to miss it. We are doing the documentary Superheroes live. Mm -hmm. So watch along with us and hear our fun commentary because it's going to be great. We are returning to UFC commentary. On November the 6th. Yes. Usman Covington 2. That's going down. And from then on, we'll probably be back to the normal UFC schedule. We took some time off for personal stuff. Uh, some people may may or may not know. We, we always like to shout it out. Uh, we did have what we'll call a death in our family, especially our, 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 our Twitch family. Mm-hmm. And it kind of took us uh, a moment to get over that. Yeah. Download numbers at certain outlets. Huge. huge love it pad but seriously it, it, it really is like as far as you know the numbers here are, are they're not bad but they're just not growing like the other ones so you guys got to remember the reason why this comes up is that i record the three fatners podcast on mondays as well mm. so i have to go through the recording and then double record so we have to start we try to start on time at 8 p.m for this every week and i mean we're we can, we're off by a few minutes sometimes but we try we're right on time pretty much mm-hmm It'd be way easier for me to be like, oh, 8.30 and me and Ken can record this and put it up right away. So that's the only reason. Now, so that's what I'm saying. The call to arms is this. If you guys want this, keep keep coming by. And you don't even have to watch it live. If you're watching this at secondary, watch it secondary. Give it give it whatever. Mm-hmm. So like I said, you're going you're gonna to see some shit, you know, and you even get some uh, cool stuff. So I, I'm just throwing it out there. It's just something I want to throw out there. But we got a lot of stuff planned. It's not like Twitch is going anywhere. We have a ton of stuff planned. Mm-hmm. So it just gives us more time to focus on that. So... I'm taking it or leaving it. But I figure if we give a call to arms, maybe people will be like, oh, shit. Well, I mean, like I said, download numbers are growing. Like I said, ODPH is booming. You guys are taking off now. I mean, the wrestling show, well, we don't even want to get into what we got going Ooh, for that. We got big news. The, the download numbers for the show are very good. Yeah. I just want to throw it out there. Podcast stuff is fine. Podcast, our podcast stuff is through the roof. The Twitch numbers are great when we do pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God. I mean, yeah. we're, we're now starting to break the quad digits yes. for pay-per-views. The last, the last time we were on for AEW was almost 1,000. Mm-hmm. The last UFC pay-per-view before we took a break was over 1,000. Yes. So, like, like we're, 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 we're seeing the rewards there. And it's just like, it's kind of like, do I want to continue to stress myself out, putting graphics in, putting stuff up when it's the same, when I can just add it to somewhere else? That's not, we're not leaving Twitch, though. No, we're not so leaving don't, don't Twitch. No, no. So, I'm just figuring by the first of the year, let's see if we can, let's boost it up. Especially after next week's huge announcement. Yes. Like, I mean, next year, we are literally... Shots fucking fired, putting every wrestling podcast, the wrestling, everything I notice. I There's no better way to say it. Because if you think shit is good now, wait yep. till you hear next week. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. It's just going to be a fun trip. It's going to be a fun ride, and you guys have been along for it. And we thank you, whether this is your first journey or whether you've been with us the whole time. But let's get out of that news. <clears throat> it's not depressing. Uh, we will be back next Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, because like I said, it's still going. Big news coming out that week. Uh, the next special we have coming up is November the 6th. Yep. UFC, I don't remember the number, but it's Usman versus Covington too. And then uh, the following Saturday, 
Uh, we will be AEW previewing. We will be rea- live reacting and commentating for AEW Full Gear. And the week after that, on Saturday the 20th, we will be talking superheroes, movie night. <clears throat> and then from then on, it continues on and on. And of course, we got some D&D coming up too. That's getting close to the beginning of the year. And we made the announcement tonight on Patreon. Okay. I haven't listened yet, so this is news to me. So we're not going to give the full announcement, but I can tell you in January, we are planning something really big. It's the return. Okay, I know what this is then. Yes, you know what this is. We've already talked about this. You have to know what this is. You're the agent. (laughs) (laughs) This is something really big. No, it is. We're keeping the word. We're going to keep mum's the kind of word. But uh, if you go back in the annals, you could probably find what happens in January. Yep. And it's making a return, baby. We got some big stuff. We brought up the patrons because there's a little bonus for them. Mm-hmm. With that being said, though, that's enough about us, Ken. That is really enough about us because I do believe it's time. It is time to start this episode of 607 TWS talking about all that is pro wrestling. And uh, we are going to start with the surprise, the little engine that could. The, and I, I mean this in the nicest way possible. Literally last week, I have to apologize. Last week, somehow, it slipped our radar mm-hmm. that Impact Wrestling's biggest show of the year was going down on Saturday. And it did. It went down from, I do believe they were in Nashville. No, Vegas, I thought. Oh, Vegas. No, they were. They were in Las Vegas. I'm sorry. They were in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, Nevada, and a place that you used to go to. Yeah, my old haunts down at Sam's Town. That's true. So they were there, and they were uh, live. And before they went on air, let's talk about the nice thing, because we really want to jump into this. Uh, they inducted every year at Bound for Glory. They induct somebody into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. This year, I could think of no better recipient, as the recipient was Awesome Kong. Absolutely. Gail Kim inducting her. How'd you feel about Awesome Kong going into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame? Well-deserved for what she did to the Knockouts Division, Trailblazer, and phenomenal night to kick. Phenomenal way to kick off the night, too. Gail Kim's speech was spot on, and Awesome Kong's speech, obviously, was great, too. I agree completely. It was, it was, I, I loved it. I thought it was very good. So, <laughs> the next thing that happened on the pre-show, by the way, the pre-show is on YouTube, on their YouTube channel, uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I wish I would have taken a picture or video of Ken M's face. Mm-hmm. So, he had heard some rumors. <laughs> he had heard something about a digital media championship and thought it was a joke made by Matt Cardona. Yeah. Only to find out that on the pre-show. That shit was real. There was a six-person dance to crown the very first, the inaugural digital media champion. And in that match, Jordan Grace would defeat John Schuyler, Falabaugh, Crazy Steve, Chelsea Green, Madison Rain to become the first ever digital media champion. Once it wore off that this was actually really happening, not a bad match. It was a lot of fun. It was fun match. Like, that's the one th- takeaway from this. So, not mad that Jordan Grace won. Think she'll be great with the title. Uh, really kind of curious to see where this goes because, like I said, I didn't think this was real. I'm still not – but there's part of me that it still isn't great. buying this. It, it was great. Yeah. Even though the belt's real. You saw the belt. Yeah, I, I know. The belt looks nice. But still, it's like, wait, this, this is for real. Okay. Here we are. Well, next up, we had our big surprise of the evening. They kicked off the show. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that was 7 p.m. Uh, Mountain Time. Or no, 8 p.m. Mountain Time. Mm -hmm. Because they're going by Vegas time. 
We got... Uh, <laughs> Pat says that's such a bad title name. Yes. Facts. What in the blue hell is a digital championship, a 21st century TV title? <laughs> that's the only thing I could guess at. Like, it, it honestly had the 24-7 title vibe from uh, WWE. It did. It like, did. That, that was the thing about it. Like, when I saw everybody in the ring, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, is this supposed to be like a real belt? His face was priceless when he found out it was real. Me yeah. and Crazy Curtis told him it was real. He was like, no way. And then the match starts. He's like, I guess it is real. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, so I was like, all right, here we are. Oh, uh, so let's kick off the show. When the show kicked off. We got the debut of the inspiration, Cassie Lee, Jesse McKay. They used to be the Iconics. Mm -hmm. Now they are the inspiration. Uh, they got sent to the ring live. Yeah. It was a good... It, dude, for a first impression of a team, they definitely rolled out the red carpet. They seemed like a big deal. It was great. Yeah, facts. No, everything about their presentation was great. By the way, they got the real big deal because they were getting... And impact knockouts tag team championship opportunity on their first night in the company against your champions, the decay team of Rosemary and Havoc. Yes. This match did not disappoint, by the way. I want to throw this out there. I thought that the, I, I mean, I've seen Havoc do better. Yeah. Because Havoc was probably the weak point for whatever reason. And I, I love her to death. She's a very nice person. And I hate to say this, but for some reason, she just seemed a little off. But Rosemary was was killing it. And the inspiration looked good. So I got to say, three of the four parties were... Yeah, it was surprising to see Havoc off key the entire night. Like, it just kind of seemed in this match that just maybe the Styles Clash was just really throwing off her timing with a lot of different areas in this match. That's why I had to take away from it. Because I was like, oh, this is not really good. At the end of the day, Cassie Lee and just Cassie Lee and Jessica McKay hit a power bomb diamond cutter kind of combination. Yeah. Reverse diamond cutter combination for the one, two, three, and your new impact knockouts tag team champions on their first night in the company, the inspiration. Very impressed that they gave the belts to him the first night, but this is how much faith that they have in the icon or the inspiration. So kudos to them. The next matchup is the match that when I was thinking about spending the $40 on Fight TV for this pay-per-view was the match that actually made me do it. It's for the vacant X Division Championship because if you remember, Josh Alexander, who was going to be in the main event later on mm. against Christian Cage, went with option C, which I'm going to say this before we even get there. Option C, I think, is one of the, is one of the most innovative and awesome things in all of wrestling. The fact that the secondary that. title holder can say, I will forfeit my belt, option C it, to get a shot at the world title, I think is good. I think that's a cool concept. It's a great storyline piece that you can just plug in at any point, and it works. Yeah, and I think it's just a, a unique concept. Nobody else does it, and I hope nobody else does it, because I think that that would get old, but I like the fact that they do it. It doesn't happen often, mm -hmm. but Josh Alexander did it. But because of that, the X Division title was vacated, so we're going to have a three-way dance. Uh, and it was Steve Macklin. You might remember him as a former forgotten son. Mm -hmm. El Fantasmo of the Bullet Club. And what more can you say about El Fantasmo? The best. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Trey Miguel. Yes. Ken M, how great was this three men? This was the best match of the night <laughs> by far and away. You wanted spots. You got spots. These guys absolutely killed it. Even Macklin, who I've never been the biggest fan of. Show me a different side of him in this match. There was some weird poison, like on the shoulders, poison karana kind of like double move. Yeah. El Fantasmo was doing some wild, crazy dives. Mm. Even Steve Macklin, the big man, yeah. did some great dives. So it was very high paced, very fast action. At the end of the day, though, El Fantasmo 
Went for the old dick twist, as Crazy Curtis yes. would call it. But Trey Miguel had a cup on. And Trey Miguel used that cup and he hit him with a finishing sequence with the Meteora from the top rope for the one, two, three, and your new X Division champion. And finally, Trey Miguel has arrived. Yes, absolutely crazy to see. Fantastic match. Like I said, this was my match of the weekend right there. Well, second one. Yeah. The next up, though, I got to throw it out to this one. This is great. This was a good, this was a good story match. Impact doing a great story because we've had this whole thing where Violent by Design, if you don't know who they are, that's basically the Impact Sanity because it's ran by Eric Young. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, they've had run-ins. They have Diener and they also have uh, Joe Doring on their team. And they were wrestling in this tag match with Eric Young outside the ring. But they also have had Rhino as part of the mix. Yes. But coming in, Heath Slater has gotten a contract. And Heath Slater and Rhino are really good friends, as we all know. Mm -hmm. And when it came down to it, Heath Slater put his money where his mouth was and said, hey, I'm, you know, Violent by Design is is just is interfering with me. They're beating me up. So I'm challenging them to a match, a tag team match at Bound for Glory. Mm-hmm. And my tag partner is going to be Rhino. And Rhino, I know you'll do the right thing. Yeah, I know you'll do the right thing. Yeah. Well, the match, if and then when asked if not, he made the comment that I guess I go it alone. So Joe Doring and Diener come to the ring with Eric Young in tow. Out comes Heath Slater. No Rhino. Mm-hmm. So we have a two-on-one handicap match. And just when you think all hope is gone, out comes the Man Beast, doing Man Beast things, joining Heath Slater, and Heath Slater and Rhino defeated Violent by Design. And then afterwards, we got the good guy hug, and Uncle Rhino's back, baby. Tell the girls, Uncle Rhino's back. Yeah, I mean, this is a fun story. Didn't really do too much for me, but, but then I... I, I've kind of seen it before, so that's why I was kind of like, man. But it was it was a solid match. I don't want to take anything away from that. Right, right. I, I just thought it was a decent story for yeah. them. I thought it was a nice moment when you don't see too many stories on mainstream wrestling, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And you had this nice little decent one, and they did it, and it actually worked. Even though you knew Rhino was coming out, when he came out, we were both still like, well, is he going to help him or is he going to kill him? Yeah. Like, we, you didn't know. You really didn't. Even after the match, we were like, yeah, I kept is this where he turns? Yeah, I kept waiting to see the turn, but no, it didn't happen, so... Here we are. Next up was another real exciting one. It was the Call Your Shot Gauntlet. Mm. As you guys know, they do this every year at Bound for Glory. I like this concept. It's basically the Royal Rumble. Yep. And mixed with money in the bank and a gauntlet. Because the rules of the match are simple. Uh, Two men start every couple minutes, every two minutes, 90 seconds, because they they changed the time. I think it was the first one was two minutes, and then after that was 90 seconds. Yeah. Another participant comes in. It's over the top rope. Both feet much flush to the floor to be eliminated until it comes down to the last two, and then it's a singles match. They can only be won by pinfall or submission. The winner wins the Call Your Shot trophy. Call Your Shot trophy is like money in the bank. You mm-hmm. can cash it in at any time for an opportunity of the tight championship of your choice, and they make sure that they word it, the championship of your choice. You do not have to cash it in for the world title, you can cash it in for the X Division title. I'm assuming digital media comes into play here. It's got to now. And then the tag titles definitely come into play. Mm-hmm. And also, there is women in the match, so they can cash it in for the women's t- the knockouts tag titles or the knockouts championship. Right. So it's pretty awesome. There's some great people in this match. We saw Rachel Ellerling in this match. Mm-hmm. We saw Rich Swan in this match. We saw Matt Cardona in this match. We saw Brian Myers in this match. We saw W. Morrissey in this match. We saw Rocky Romero yes. in this match. And most importantly, we saw the Kiss Demon in this match. That's right, WCW fans. Remember Dale Torborg, the Kiss Demon? He was there in the gimmick. They couldn't call him the Kiss Demon. They just called him the Demon. Mm-hmm. But he was there in the gauntlet. Yeah. It was awesome. We marked out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you have we to. We marked out. You had bit. to. But you know who else was in this match? 
the man who would go on to win this match. Moose. And Moose would def- it would come down to Moose and Matt Cardona. Yep. And Moose would get the pin on Matt Cardona because he guess he wasn't ready for that. So Moose was your call your shot winner. How did you feel about this? I thought it was a good gauntlet match. This it was, was very a, entertaining. This was a fun match. Like this is what you wanted from this call your shot match. It was just entertaining from bell to bell. And Moose won, and that was a, uh, I don't want to say a surprise, but you, you figured that we were all expecting to see a debut of somebody, whether it was going to be Bray Wyatt or Braun Strowman, but happy with the outcome. Yeah, I was happy Moose won. Yeah. I like Moose. Next up, we had a three-way tag team match for the Impact World Tag Team Champions. Your champions, the Good Brothers, defending against Finn Juice, of course, David Finley, and Juice Robinson. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Bullet Club team of... The Finesse Club. Yes. Chris Bay and Hikolo. Mm-hmm. I, I've always said I'm not a huge fan of Hikolo. I mean, I guess he has a big upside. He's a gigantic guy, but I love me some Chris Bay. Yes. Match was good. At the end of the day, though, Finn, <laughs> Finn Juice looks like they're going to get the win. As a matter of fact, Juice Robinson looks like he's going to get the win. Mm-hmm. Big time move from the top. And then he gets yeeted the fuck out of the ring by Doc Gallows for the one, two, three, the Good Brothers, and still Impact Wrestling Tag Champions. Surprised at this ending. Really was. I mean, happy with it, but very surprised at it at the same time. I love the yeeted point. Yes. He yeeted the shit out of it. <laughs> and they were like, he was standing. And the way they set it up was actually good. Gallows was actually on one knee in the corner watching Juice Robinson hit the big leg drop from the top, or big elbow drop, sorry, from the top rope, waiting for him to do it the whole time. Mm. And as soon as he got, as soon as he hit it and looked like he was going for the pin, Doc Gallows just said, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually really cool looking. It was the whole time. It was a good setup. Next up, we had the... Impact Knockouts Championship match. Your champion, also the Reina de Reina's AAA women's mm. champion, the virtuoso Diana Parazzo, taking on hardcore country, the legend Mickey James. I'm going to say this. This match wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Yeah. Mickey James is definitely getting to the point where I think it's time to almost call it a career. With that being said, unfortunately, Mickey James is your new Knockouts Women's Champion. Yeah, not happy about this ending. Really not. Perazzo is the best women's wrestler on the planet right now. And Mickey James, like Rich Sushpon, is not the Mickey of old. No. And you definitely saw points of that in there during this match. So it wasn't the best performance, in my opinion. But we now have a new women's uh, Knockout Champion. We found out that the ne- at this point juncture, we found out that the next Impact Plus uh, pay-per-view special, if you will, will be Final Resolution mm-hmm. in, De- in December. But the next pay-per-view will be coming up in January, on January 8th, to be exact, and it will be hard to kill. Yes. So there you go. We got, we got some uh, pretty interesting stuff. Although the video package for Hard to Kill was kind of funny because they showed like Wrestlers who got legit injuries in Impact over the years being carted out. Yeah, I don't think that was the best look. No. No, it was weird. But, Ken, it's time for the main event mm-hmm. of the evening. Your Impact World Champion, Christian Cage, defending the title against the man who used Option C to get this shot at Bound for Glory, and that is the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. Yes. And uh, they did a great video package, by the way, where they showed Christian Cage, you know, from the past to him winning the belt from Kenny Omega and like the 20 years of difference and how great it was. 
And then they show Josh Alexander busting his ass mm-hmm. and how when he won the X Division title, his kids were so happy because they're huge wrestling fans and they're huge fans of their dad. And it was such a great moment. And it was a really, really good package. And then we get to the match, and I'm going to say it. Christian Cage checked all the boxes. Yes. He looked like Christian Cage from 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Josh Alexander brought it, because Josh Alexander always brings it. Yes. But Christian Cage, man, when we were talking about Mickey James might be running out of the tank, Christian Cage has still got a full tank. What you're seeing in AEW, and I'm not trying to shit on it, mm. is definitely not what we're seeing. Impact let him be Christian Cage of old. Like That's the one thing that you don't see consistently in AEW. I want to say no. we've had flashes of brilliance, sure, but not consistently. No, not like what we saw this no, past Sunday. No, this, no, this was his best performance since he's returned, bar none. Oh, absolutely. Now, also we should mention that Christian Cage, this 2021 is his year. He was on the main event of a WWE pay-per-view in the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. He was main event of All Out, yep. and now he main evented Bound for Glory. So the number, the biggest show for Triple AEW Crown. and the biggest show for Bound for Glory and one of the two big four for WWE or Big Five, if you want to count it that way, uh, knowing the schedule, which we'll talk about in the second half. Yeah. At the end of the day, though, Josh Alexander's boyhood dream comes true, and he becomes the new Impact Wrestling Champion. He brings his wife in the ring. His oldest son is with his wife. He presents his son with the belt. It's a beautiful moment. And then from the crowd, because we don't see him come out from anywhere else, Moose is in the ring with the Call Your Shot trophy. Yes. He presents it to the referee and says, I'm calling my shot now. Yes, he won it earlier in the night. He cashes in. Josh Alexander tries to, he's getting his wife and kid out of the ring. As soon as he gets him out, he turns around right into the big spear. One, two, three, and your new Impact Wrestling Champion, Moose. And in the greatest heel finish of all time. Well, Josh Alexander's laying in the ring. His boyhood dream turns into a nightmare. He loses the belt. He only has the belt for a few minutes before he loses it. His son is at his side checking on dad. Is he all right? His wife is by his side. Is he all right? Moose stands over him and his family holding the belt high, baby. Yeah. What a heel. Loved it. I thought it was the best heel shit we've seen in a long time. Well, you really had to end it on a, on a note like that. If you're going to go with a heel ending, what better way? And this has for a great rematch coming up sooner than later, I would imagine. Oh, I agree. I think that uh, we, I think we can rock and roll with this all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great. This is great. Yeah. I think this is going to be a great feud. Uh, but overall, let's talk before we talk because there's one other piece of impact news I want to talk about before we uh, go to the break. Overall, Bound for Glory, top to bottom, they hit a home run. I'm going to say the last two years of Bound for Glory were rough. Last two have been rough, so this <sighs> was definitely a step in the right direction. I thought it was solid. for the, you know From bell to bell, I thought there was only a couple matches that really didn't connect with me. But overall, Impact, when they get on pay-per-view, they usually hit the mark. And this one, they definitely did. I agree absolutely and completely. I love this. I loved every minute of it. I, I, I cannot, 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 cannot stress to you guys enough how good this was it, it was very good mm-hmm. i would definitely say if you have the it in you to go check it out check it out because it's very good uh you will not be disappointed and uh speaking of not disappointed we have found out tonight they are doing the tapings as we speak on mm-hmm. monday they're doing the impact tapings i think they taped two or three weeks out yes and uh we know that tonight and it will be on the first week of tapings i think it's the first week i believe it's I, the first I, week because i don't know why you would announce it without it being the first right. week so this should be this thursday they are taping tonight Josh Alexander, the former, now you can call him the former Impact Wrestling Champion, former X Division Champion, former Tag Team Champion, Grand Slam winner. The walking weapon 
is going to go one-on-one with the king, murder grandpa, Minara Suzuki. This is not going to be one for weak stomachs and the faint of heart. Listen, we heard rumors that he was going to make a stop at Impact before going back to Japan. Mm-hmm. And then we got it confirmed during Bound for Glory. There was a video package of Suzuki playing play Kazni Onai. And now we get it, man. I, I'm, for one, excited. Walking Weapon versus Suzuki? Yes. Give it to me. Like I say, Impact is doing smart things. They're building off this pay-per-view. And what a way with Suzuki, who has been so hot right now in the States. It's perfect booking for him. So, listen, if you're going to watch one Impact show this week, watch this one. After Bound for Glory, of course. Well, with that being said, here it is. Here it is. We're going to the break. <laughs> I like it. I, you guys thought I was going to give you the actual big news. No, not yet. I told you. Next week. Next week's the big news. But, Ken M, when we go to break, we usually like to play some music by some of our great, great music, musical friends. Today, we're going to play it by the guy who opens the streams every time, Tom Jolu. Uh, the song is going to be called, is going to be, uh, the song we're playing, sorry, is called Darling Dear. How can you find Tom Jolu? Simply, you swing on over to odphpodcast.com slash music. You can check out everything going on with Tom Second Suitor, Shout of the Robots, all the music you hear right here on the 607 TWS show. So we're going to take a quick break. If you're watching on stream, you're going to see the information for the ODPH podcast. We'll be back in 30 seconds with the mid card. We're talking New Japan G1 Climax results. We're talking WWE Crown Jewel. But we're also talking uh, Charlotte or Charlotte and uh, Becky mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also uh pay-per-view schedule. Yes. And then we're also speaking on some AEW stuff, all that in the mid card. We'll be right back. And we're back for the mid card and uh, Ken M, you know, I, 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 it's, this has become one of your favorite things on the show and for good reasons. Do you know what time it is? Ken M? Ooh, I, I, I'm hoping. Yes. New Japan time. That's right. We are covering some new Japan. And the, the, the little stream bar came back. I forgot to take it out. This is the last time we used actually this one because I didn't have a G1 thing up. But we have been found the G1 and the G1 Climax has come to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Let's give out. We're going to give out the final uh, vote totals. We're going to give you the final two matches and then we're going to tell you who won. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. So in A block, we had uh, Tetsuo Naito, of course, in last place because he was out due to injury in the first match. Mm-hmm. So he had a knee injury. He forfeited eight matches, which means, you know, that's too bad because I love Naito. We all know that. 
Yep. Uh, next up, uh, in that tied in the next place up, uh, with five points, two, six, and one, we had Yujiro Takahashi of the Bullet Club. Okay. With uh, three and six record and six points, Tonga Loa mm-hmm. of God and Bullet Club. Uh, with a four and five record with eight points, representing the Empire, Great Okan. With a five and four record, both of these next ones have five and four records with ten points each. Tamahiro Ishii and Toriano. Hmm. Next up, these guys were all both tied with a six and three record in twelve points. Zack Saber Jr. and Kenta, and Shingo Tagagi with a six uh, six two and one record with thirteen points was in uh, technically in second place. However. The final, the man who was in first place with 14.7 and 2 was Kota Ibushi, and his finals match was against Kenta, and Kota Ibushi won the A Block finals to go on for the A Block. Disappointed in it, but I'm okay with it because I had Kenta going. Let's go to B Block. Mm-hmm. In last place, representing the Bullet Club with 2, two and 7 record and 4 points, Chase Owens. And up next, representing Suzuki Goon with a 3 and 6 record and 6 points, Tai Chi. Next up, representing Chaos, actually a three-way tie, two of them representing Chaos with three and six records and six points, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, and then also representing Bullet Club with six points in the three and six record, the good guy Tamatanga. Facts. Uh, next up, we have a tie with the four and five records for both, uh, representing LIJ with eight points, Sonata, and representing himself, the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next up with a 7-2 record in third place, straight out third place, with 14 points, Evil San. Yes. And then the two last guys both had 16 points, and they met in the finals. Of course, Jeff Cobb and mm. Kazuchika Okada. They both finished the tournament 8-1 and one because in the finals match, Kazuchika Okada, the Rainmaker, slays Jeff Cobb for his only loss in the G1 Climax to become the B-Block winner. So that means we got Kota Ibushi mm-hmm. versus Kazusuke Okada. Right. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, we are not going to see a three-peat. Because during the match with Okada, Kota Ibushi injured himself. Yes. Okada took advantage of it, and your winner of the G1 Climax 31, the Rainmaker, Kazusuke Okada. Kazusuke Okada will be challenging Shingo Tagagi, if he remains champion, on January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom. How do you feel about this news? Ticked off. Because you know what? I wanted Jeff Cobb to win. That's my guy. But not really super surprised. I mean, Okada is one of, if not the best wrestler on the planet right now. So you kind of have to give him the benefit of the doubt. It sucks about Ibushi getting hurt, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like This this tournament was kind of snake bit in a way. Both Ibushi and Naito, two yeah. of your biggest players, both out with injury. Yeah. So... Yeah, you don't want. Yeah, you don't want to see a tournament end like that. And I mean, Okada won, so not not super surprised because let's face it, it's Okada. I agree. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let's switch over, and uh, I'm going to give a quick rundown because I, I said it before. We're going to give you the rundown for WWE Crown Jewel. Uh, young Padawan J, if he wants to drop in the chat who it, what his favorite match was or whatever his takeaway was, he can. But we're going to give you it from Bleacher Report <laughs> with their grades because both myself and Ken M did not watch. Mm-hmm. I will not go into the rant again. If you want, go back to the last episode and hear me right. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. So on the kickoff show, we had the Usos versus the Hurt Business. Uh, and, of course, uh, they gave this a B. 
But the uh, Usos win with the Uso Splash. Yeah, next. Uh, next up, within the, the start of the show, inside of Hell in a Cell, Edge versus Seth Rollins, which I heard good things about. I did too. Uh, Bleacher Report gave this an A. Edge won the match. Not surprised at the ending, but uh, yeah. Like, I, I've heard it was a great match and one of the best Hell in a Cell matches you ever see. But considering the two people involved, not surprised. By the way, uh, Pat says only matches worth watching were Seth and Edge and Big E and Drew. There you go. All right. Next up was a history-making match as two Muslim men met in the for the first time ever, Mustafa Ali versus Mansoor. Uh, they gave it a B on Bleacher Report, and uh, Mansoor wins. Okay. Not surprised. Yeah, I wasn't surprised at that one. Next up for the Raw Tag Titles, RK-Bro versus AJ Styles and Omos. And you got to wonder how RK-Bro even made it into the, the fucking country. <laughs> uh, Bleach Report gave it a B and B minus and still champions RK-Bro. You know my opinion about RK-Bro. Yeah. Next up was the Queen's Crown match. The finals, Dewdrop versus Zelina Vega. They gave this a C plus. Zelina Vega is your in- inaugural Queen's Crown winner. Uh, you know, I was cool with either one of these ladies winning. So, you know what? Uh, no issues about this at all. Next up was the match I know everybody was waiting for on Bated Breath, Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley. They got a B minus. And it looks like, did, did Goldberg really win this match? Yeah. Mm. I read it, and I just kept mm. moving. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to get any more angry. Well, next up, the King of the Ring final match. Finn Balor taking on Xavier Woods. And we all said it to begin with. Whoever was going to win this match, everybody was going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. Everybody was. B plus. Winner of the match was Xavier Woods, which I'm glad he won. But uh, that got people instantly saying Finn Balor should go to AEW, which, you know, grow up. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. Woods has talked this into existence. It was a great ending for him. I'm happy to see that he got this. I was just more waiting to see if they were going to turn him heel. Absolutely. That's the only thing I'm waiting to see about this gimmick for him. Next up was the other match. And by the way, Bleacher Report agrees with you so far, Pad, because they gave this an A minus. Big E versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, Big E wins the match. Not surprised at this. Drew Swan song before going to SmackDown, and you know he was going to put Big E over. Triple threat match for the SmackDown women's title. Becky Lynch, Sasha versus Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Funny story, the only member of SmackDown in this match was Sasha Banks because, mm-hmm. you know, Friday was the cutoff time. But this match got an A grading, and the winner was uh, Becky Lynch. So still, and still. Yeah, kind of surprised at that, but, you know, I, I we know that they're doing the belt swap on SmackDown, so. And your main event of the evening, of course, for the Universal Championship, the big dog, Roman Reigns, taking on the beast himself, Brock Lesnar. Bleacher Report gave this a B, and, of course, your winner and still champion. Roman Reigns. Now, now the question is, who's going to take the belt off him if if Lesnar couldn't? Obviously, all signs point to Drew McIntyre now that he's over there. Yeah, we already called this. I think we're going to be a big feud. Yeah, that's about it. Pat says Big E Drew was uh, finisher galore, and it was insane and awesome. I'm 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 happy to hear it. Both those guys put a good match. So you alluded to it a minute ago. Let's talk about controversy, Kenneth. Yeah. Shall we talk about some controversy? Let's do you do want it. to talk about some controversy? Yeah, we, let's I, talk about some controversy. I think we have we? to. I think we have to. So on. SmackDown, we had a switching of the guard. We had two switchings of the guard, believe it or not. We had the tag title switch because the tag title champions got swapped. Mm-hmm. Or no. No, that was in the past. That was, that last was in the past. That was Sorry. the past. Last so year. last year, I, I, I butchered my own thing, so I apologize. This is why it's live. Last year, we saw the changing of the guard right, right, right. with the New Day and the uh, the, the uh, Profits, Street Profits. Oh, Street Profits, that's right. 
Wow, I'm, now I've messed myself up completely. But anyways, and they just handed the belts over. Congratulations, each other. Call it a day. So mm. we would anticipate the same because we were having our title swap this year. That's what I meant to say earlier between the Raw Women's ta- uh, white, Raw Women's Champion Charlotte Flair and the SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch because now they're on opposite shows. Mm. So they come to the ring. They do a little promo spot with Sonya Deville. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Flair, they, she has to hand the belt over to Becky, and Charlotte Flair kind of with disdain looks at it and just throws the belt on the ground. At this point, you're like, okay, is this part of the story? The first giveaway to me that it wasn't was Sonya Deville's reaction. Yeah. Like her reaction at first was like a what the fuck look, and then instantly, and this is where I give Sonya Deville all the credit in the world, by the way composure in a moment that I know you could tell was not scripted to be like, pick up that belt. Yeah. Pick it up now. Like two seconds of shock to pick that belt up, hand her the belt. Mm -hmm. So Charlotte does what she's told, picks up the belt, hands it to Becky. So then when Becky now pissed off, goes to hand Charlotte the belt, she kind of tosses it at her. Yeah. Like not on the ground, but hard toss to Charlotte. <laughs> well, it wasn't a work because it's been reported that backstage Charlotte and Becky got into it behind the curtain because for whatever reason Charlotte Flair wasn't happy handing over a belt or I don't understand any of it. There's so much confusion going on right now. We do know it's been reported and confirmed that Charlotte Flair was escorted out of the building shortly thereafter. Yeah. So obviously the company is putting it on her. Which, obviously, she threw the belt on the ground. Yeah. Why you want to generate this much heat on yourself, I don't understand. Trying to get out of that contract, maybe. I don't yeah, know. but... Uh, Pat says, Charlotte had a shitty grin on her face when she threw it. She knew what she was doing. I agree. Oh, yeah, But you know what? If she, thinks the, if she thinks the grass is greener on the other side, go by all means. I've been saying it forever. Go go ahead. I've said that to everybody else. I mean, your, your, your fiancé is the king of catering in uh, AEW, too. So, I mean... Guys can hang out together. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just puzzling to do bad business like that. I, I just, here's my, here's my biggest problem. And here's my warning for AEW if that's the ultimate goal and plan. And I get, you know, and, and I'm not saying don't sign her, mm-hmm. but be leery. Be leery. Because let's be honest, it's shit like that that leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I don't know. What's your feelings on this whole situation, Ken M? Uh, this is just a bad look for Charlotte. If this is all true, I mean, it, obviously if she got escorted out of the building. Then this is all pointing to being on her responsibility. And if she's doing this, trying to get out of the, out of her contract, this is just bad business. And this is stupid because you're treated very well in WWE. You're always around the main event picture for the women's division. I understand that, you know, if, if you think that you're getting, you know the the threat of a of the next class coming up. You know the Bianca Belairs, the Rhea Ripley's. NXT is loaded with talented women coming up to the main roster. If you're worried about your spot, that you think, well, if I go to a different company, maybe I'll get some of the shine back. That's the only thing I can kind of take it as. I agree, but Pat, I, but I think it's just wrong. Pat brings up a good point. He says, I think the prevailing story is that Charlotte wasn't happy with how the segment was written, and it made her look weak, as if 13 titles in six years doesn't boost your stock to the moon. I agree. It's one of those things where we have heard before in the past that Charlotte is very all about her. Mm -hmm. 
And we've seen in the past, I would, you know, unfortunately, we have to bring up, you know, the uh, the, the incident between uh, the when the tag title match with her and Becky Lynch against oh. uh, Kyrie Sane and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Asuka. Yep. Where uh, it, it was ugly. Yeah. It was ugly for whatever reason. And uh, I'm just saying. That kind of attitude is not great. And once again, if she is trying to, you know, join Andrade, it's fine. Go to AEW. But my words to TK is this. That bad attitude is not going to go away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have a good feel to your locker room as far as the women's division in AEW goes. I, I don't know if I'd want to bring somebody who's going to, you know, divert that. That's just me. But that's just me. No, I, I agree with you fully. I mean, it, you know, your locker room, when it's healthy and positive, it's a great place to be around. If you start bringing in the toxic behavior, things go south very quick. Here's the other thing. Charlotte Flair is the most decorated women's wrestler of all time. Yeah. With their titles and stuff. Come on, man. Like, just just get up. We talked about it briefly the other day. She has been surpassed by every other one other than the horsewomen. Mm-hmm. You know, she was the revolution star. She was the first breakout. That's fine. But since then, you can't put her there. The best wrestler out of all of them is Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. The best overall out of over them, especially with crowd reaction, is Bailey. Yeah. And Becky Lynch is definitely the highest selling of all time. Mm-hmm. So you've been surpassed by all three of the horsewomen. It is what it is, my dear. Yeah. And it's just a matter of that. Yeah, you, you got surpassed and there are more people surpassing you now. Ripley and Belair are going to be the future of that division. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that really scares me because it looks like we're going to get a Charlotte versus Bianca Belair feud coming up. Yeah. And if that's the last one. Or no, sorry. Uh, fucking uh, Sasha. Right. But if you, but I'm saying, but I, I'm going to say before it's all said and done, before Charlotte is gone with WWE, Belair is going to beat her at WrestleMania. I've already got this. Oh, yeah. I've got this book because then she'll be officially the horsewoman slayer because she's gone through everybody and beat him. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't make the move to keep Belair on SmackDown because of that. Yeah. Moving him over. Uh, but so, the only thing that Charlotte's got working against her, if she pulls that shit in the ring with Sasha, Sasha will fuck her up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Sasha ain't going to no, deal no with that. No pun intended. It's just Sasha's, Sasha's badass. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. Well, uh, before we talk about AEW, because we were going to talk about some AEW, we got some stuff, and we're going to address something for the last time, I promise, on mm. episode 99. Never again. Before then, though, WWE did release its pay-per-view schedule. Very interesting, by the way, Ken M. Do you want to, want to do a rundown real quick? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so the first pay-per-view of the year will be Saturday, January 1st. It'll be the first ever, by the way, WWE Day 1 at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. We've just heard about that. Yeah, but didn't they do one on New Year's Day a couple years ago? I mean, they did New Year's Revolution you, okay. in the past, yeah, but they had, it's been a while since they did New Year's Day one, and they've never done day one, so this is the first. Okay. Uh, Saturday, January 29th, the Royal Rumble will uh, come from the Dome at America Center in St. Louis. I mean, no football is being played there, so you might as well have WrestleMania there. It's a good crowd in St. Louis, so you know, go with it. Saturday, April 2nd is the next time they will be on pay-per-view according to this. And uh, that, and it's also the 2nd and Sunday, April 3rd. So once again, they have confirmed that WrestleMania 38 from AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas will be a two-night event. Everybody, remember when all the people, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez and Sean Ross Sapp told us, oh, the two-day WrestleMania is over. It's going back to one day. Suck it, Trebek. Suck it. Yes. Because it is a now official Saturday, April 2nd, Sunday, April 3rd, AT&T Stadium, Arlington, Texas, WrestleMania. Give it to me. 13. Two days, no eight-hour shows. Fuck yeah. Listen, I couldn't help myself taking a shot. I apologize. Who am I kidding? I don't apologize. Apologize for absolutely nothing. Why do I apologize? Because fucking don't stop lying. That was what we heard for a whole year. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Confirmed. You lie. 
Uh, Wednesday, or so next up, Sunday, May 8th, they will come to you from the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island with an untitled pay-per-view. Probably Backlash. I would assume. Sunday, June 5th, they will come to you from, wait for it, the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois, so Chicago. They are running AEW Country Hmm. on June 5th. Hmm. Also, untitled pay-per-view. Next up, July 2nd, it's money, 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 money in the bank from Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, if you weren't convinced that money in the bank is now the big five pay-per-views, it's getting a stadium show. If if you're keeping track, that means rumble in a stadium, mania in the stadium, money in the bank in the stadium. By the way, the next pay-per-view is Saturday, July 30th, so not even a full month away. And that is SummerSlam. Wow. That's right, Saturday. That's a like short back to back. Ready for it? Nissan Stadium, Nashville, Tennessee. Four stadium shows. Ooh. Ooh. Four stadium shows for World Wrestling Entertainment. Okay. I'm all right with this. Next up, Saturday, September 3rd, or Sunday, September 4th, because they have not given which one. By the way, pay per view and uh, location to be determined. So, no title of the pay per view. And no location given. Wait, September 3rd or 4th? September 3rd or September 4th. By the way, you know why that rings a bell to you? That is Labor Day weekend. Yeah, that's Labor Day. I was going to say, that's all out weekend. Wow. Wow. Oh, okay. You awoke Petty Vince, TK. My bet. Wow. My bet. Want to hear my bet? It will be Sunday. September 4th from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. I don't doubt that. Wow. Wow. I'm calling my shot here. WWE will run this to-be-determined pay-per-view title name on Sunday, September 4th at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. They will run it the same day as All Out in the same city. And they will sell out the United Center. They're going to stack the shit out of that card. The reason it's being TBD'd is because I guarantee it's going to have a, it's going to be a crazy pay-per-view. I bet you, if I had to guess, I would say the return of Night of Champions and put every title on the line. I was going to just say, you got to do, you got to do Night of Champions. Would, would, now, if they're not trying to be complete assholes, it will be on Saturday, September 3rd, which would be the day before. And it won't come from Chicago. It would come from somewhere else. So my, uh, my other guess would be September. If they do it that way, though, it'll be September 3rd on a Saturday. Or it could be September 4th from here. It's either if, if it's at this other location. But if it's not, it will be in their home turf of the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Yo, what if? Or what if <laughs> they do it on one of those days from MetLife in New York? And at a stadium show to go, hey, we put 80,000 people in the stadium when you guys only put 12,000 in a small building. I wouldn't doubt that. I was even going to say, what if they ran in Tampa? Right outside Jacksonville? <laughs> go right to home turf? I mean, Could obviously, you can't What if they th- ran it from Soldier Field? Uh, September in Chicago's all right. Uh, that'd be, wow. That, like I there said, is a lot going on. The fact that they have announced that they are running Labor Day weekend that's means huge. that they're saying, fuck you. And, and the problem here, and we're going to get to it next, is 
is I understand all the AEW fans want it and they, they think they want it. And Tony Khan thinks he wants it. This is not good news. No, this, this is, is bad not. news. This, is, you, this is really bad news because you're going to charge $50 for a pay-per-view. And if they put it on at the same day, you don't pay that. You pay $4.99 or $9.99 for the Peacock for whatever pay-per-view they're putting on. You, and it will be headlined by Brock Lesnar. You woke Petty Vince. Why? We have not seen Petty Vince in a while. Well, we were all wondering when it was going to happen. Yeah. And I think Tony Khan talking all that shit, even though it's not really warranted, <sighs> has finally done it. And I am i can't wait to hear Eric Bischoff's take on this since it's been announced. Yeah. The fact that they're running that weekend. If they're nice, they'll run on Saturday. No, screw that. You're going Sunday. I think, I think that's why they put or and or. What if they run both days? What if they pull like a WrestleMania, like a WrestleMania, a second WrestleMania card? <laughs> Did you take over Saturday and, and Big Show Sunday? You could call it WrestleMania Fall or some bullshit. Oh, oh what if they really rub it in and do war games? <laughs> oh my God! Can you imagine? Wait, Pat wait. goes Petty Vince is the best Vince. Do they? It's, it's interesting. Do they still have the rights to Starcade? Yes, they could do Starcade. Call Starcade and just be dickheads. Yep, and be a fucking huge event. Do Starcade. Actually, I, I'll, I'll tell you what would really stick in the craw. Starcade from the Panthers Stadium in Carolina. There's a lot of petty shit that could happen here. Yeah. And it's interesting that this is on the schedule, so it's there. Yeah. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. But I'm, I love how your eyes lit up when you realize that's Labor Day weekend. Well, that's there is no miscue about that one. You wanted a shot fired. Everybody, everybody wanted. And you know what this is really? And it's not even just petty Vince. You know what it is? Is Vince like, you guys want a fucking shot? Everybody wants us to fire a shot. Here's the shot. Be careful what you wish for, guys. I'd be surprised. What uh, what what month does uh, historically does double or nothing come out in? May. Oh, yeah. Memorial Day weekend. Yep. So they're not running against that, though. So good luck. That's good news for them. No, but all outs there. But the week after that, they're running in their in the in the quote unquote backyard of them in in Chicago. They're running the all WWE's pay per views out of the All State the weekend after Double or Nothing. See, they really, well, yeah, because I was going to say last year they didn't run Double or Nothing. No, last year they didn't Jacksonville for Double or Nothing. Yes, because they still were doing still, COVID, yeah, stuff, yeah. COVID. Usually they do it from Vegas, which uh, I think this year they are tentatively planning to return to Vegas. For. Right. I was going to say they ran Allegiant Stadium then. Well, they're doing that in uh, on July second. So yeah, I know, I know, but you just imagine card subject to change. Folks. I got you, but I'm just saying that it's interesting, right? And last but certainly not least, though, because uh, we finished up Saturday, November 26, Survivor Series from the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Okay, that makes sense. They usually go up there uh, during the winter. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Four, four stadium shows, possibly five, <laughs> possibly, possibly shots fucking fired. Labor Day weekend like I mean it's not possibly it is it's scheduled but th how big is the shot who knows hey, Lex Luger let's go to Lex about this I don't know I don't know ladies and gentlemen I've warned about this for years and I know it's not going to sit well with the AW fans we'll talk about it in a minute but we've warned about this for years don't piss Vince off mm -hmm. it's never a good thing this is what happens and you reap what you sow Petty Vince is back. Look out. But 
I want to forewarn. Let's do it for the last time. We're bringing up AEW. Let's, and I'm not saying the last time AEW. We bring up AEW every week. But let's do this particular business for the last time because it ties in with that. Mm-hmm. Last week, I played a little audio clip from Eric Bischoff. Yep. That basically said, hey, if you're going to go be about it, be about it. Go head-to-head with Vince. If you're not going to go head-to-head with Vince, you can't talk about numbers because it's not the same things. Compare apples to apples, but if it's apples to oranges, it doesn't count. And he's absolutely right. We've been saying that forever. We've also been saying forever, it's none of wrestling fans' business what the fucking ratings are. Why? Because it doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect which show is truly better. It doesn't affect what, uh, you know, and, and I mean, it, because it, whatever show is better is up to you, the fan. If you love AEW, love AEW. If you love WWE, love WWE. It doesn't matter what the other guy's doing. Mm-hmm. Even with this shot from Vince, it doesn't matter what the other guy's doing. But here's why I, I'll back the Labor Day shot of Vince over what Tony Khan is doing. Vince is taking it to you on your weekend. Yep. Vince is coming to your weekend, coming into your house, sitting on your couch. There is a possibility, like I said, and I will not be surprised if they don't run on September 5th from the United Center. Can you imagine a WWE pay-per-view in the United Center? Well, 20 minutes out of town... AEW is performing in the smaller building. It could happen this fall. Mm-hmm. That is not, oh, well, we're on Wednesday and you're on Monday and we're trying to compare apples to oranges. Oh, it's not, oh, we have to break it down to the smallest denominator we can to try to find a victory in any fucking number. No. This is in your house, in your face. This is what Eric Bischoff talked about. And this is what Eric Bischoff, myself, and you, and a few other smart people out there have been warning about since day one, mm. don't piss Vince off. That is the fatal flaw of every company that's come before you. Congratulations, you did. And you didn't do it because you beat him in the ratings. You didn't do it because you didn't really. Yeah. Before we get into these numbers, I just want to throw this out there. I'm gonna, I want you guys to understand one final time because we are going to talk about ratings. And this is what I said was the last time. I am not going to talk about ratings again until the only time I will talk about ratings again and I mean this, period. We're done. Episode 99. 100 mm. starts a new site. Never talking about ratings again. Unless AEW runs head-to-head with WWE, and not for one night only, not when WWE's on Fox Sports 1, not when something's preempted, until consistently every week, like Eric Bischoff said, they are going head-to-head on Monday or Friday. Mm-hmm. Or if WWE moves to Wednesday. Who knows? Yeah. But I doubt that's going to happen. Okay? No, I'm with you. So let's, let's, let's just make that in the clear because I'm tired of hearing this talk. Because wrestling fans, instead of talking about the good stuff in wrestling, which we're going to get back to in the main event, and I have to waste my fucking time because we keep getting asked about this. And yes, this is me fired up. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to waste my time talking about stupid ratings. I should be talking about how great the wrestling is, how great the wrestling action is. And we have a hell of a main event card for you this week talking GCW weekend. Mm-hmm. We had a hell of an opening segment talking about Bound for Glory. I watched three awesome wrestling shows, but I have to waste my time with this shit in between. It ends today. So once again, let me break this down for you folks so you don't get sure. I don't give a shit about key demos. I don't care shit about the 18 to 49 males. I don't care. That can be the key demo. That's fine. You know who that's important for? Advertisers. That's important for people dumping money into the product. But you know what else is important? The rating overall for the network because that goes to their advertisers as well. It is a proven fact that WWE makes more money in advertisements than AEW. Bottom line, doesn't matter, key demo or not. That's why Fox handed them over a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. That's why USA handed them over a billion dollars. That's why Peacock handed them over a billion dollars. 
That is why they made $257 million in profit. It looks like they're matching, actually beating that this quarter. And it looks like they're projected, because of the stock market, and we know all of this, to be over a billion dollars in profit this year. Over a billion dollars as a company in profit. Rich doesn't acknowledge the demo god. No, I do acknowledge the demo god. His name is Roman Reigns. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute, damn it. <laughs> but I love it. Thank you. The problem is, is that everybody is getting bogged down in this. AEW does some really good work between those ropes. Yeah. They really do. And I love the product. But you don't hear that from the fans. You hear about these dumb fucking numbers. Let me hear how great Daniel Bryan versus Minoru Suzuki was. Although there was some complaints from their fans because they didn't understand Japanese wrestling. That's fine. Let me hear how great Alistair Black, or sorry, Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes was. Let me hear how great, and this is actually a real one, Andrade versus Pac was. Mm -hmm. I want to hear that. I don't want to hear that the 18 to 49 demographic we won in. Meanwhile, we got washed by over three by three hundred thousand households. Yep. When when they were on FS1, and don't believe what Uncle Dave said. If it was on Fox, it would have been over two million, and you would have gotten really washed. Mm-hmm. Let's put it this way. Last week, just off the top of my head, that Rampage episode everybody points to, five hundred and seventy-eight thousand point two four. Okay. L- last week's. FS1 was almost, it was 889,000 for SmackDown on FS1, and they had the same exact demo, 0.24. The reason they claim that they won is the 18 to 49 male demographic by two points, by 0.2, I should say, 0.02, actually. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So let's remember that number, 578K for last week. The average number for SmackDown is 2 million. As far as viewers, and the demo is usually point point five five or above. So if they were going up against a Fox SmackDown on Friday, that it got washed. Yeah, we wouldn't even close. Uh, before I tell these, I want to give you guys the real deal. Here's the real fucking deal, guys. When you have, I'm going to make a football analogy. Still waiting on TK's tweet <laughs> about these numbers. Should I hold my breath? Yes, can, don't hold your breath because you'll die. I don't want you to die, Pat. I love you. So here's what I got. I'm going to break it down to a football analogy. And you knew this was coming because I told you. And you can add this to any sport. But football is going to be the one I'm using because it's football season. We love football. And I'm going to use the Buffalo Bills because Ken Em's a huge Buffalo Bills fan. So the Buffalo Bills play the New York football Jets. And let's say somehow, some fluke way, the New York football Jets get 1,000 yards on the ground, but the Bills got 385. And it's, it's even closer than this if we're talking about the numbers, but we're just going, I'm with you, I'm with we're going unrealistic. Let's say that the New York football Jets got five turnovers to none. <gasps> You'd ask me what the final score is, though, right? Of course. The Buffalo Bills, 35. The New York Jets, 21. So who wins, Ken? Who wins the Who wins this game? Uh, that would be your Bills Mafia, aka the Buffalo Bills. Right. Does it matter how many yards the other team scored? The only score that matters is the final score. Right. So don't believe the fucking hype, ladies and gentlemen. There is a reason Dynamite's going to TBS. 
They can sugarcoat it. I said TK made the best out of a bad deal because mm-hmm. got, he got him to agree to a, a couple things. That, so I, I gave him props on that. But there's a reason they're not staying on TNT, folks. Friday Night SmackDown. We have the numbers, the official numbers. This past week, on Friday night, on Fox. <sighs> 2.249 million viewers. Damn. The demo, 18 to 49, 0.58. On the same night, Mind you, it's not the same time, so we sh- it's apples and oranges still. But because they like to compare it on the same night, AEW Rampage did 533K with 0.22 in the demo. Now, let's go back a week. Let's pretend that they were on the same night. Once again, do you see the blowout? No matter what, there's a blowout. No matter what, last week they won. No matter how the Dave Meltzer and, and Tony Khan paint the picture, they didn't win. And that's why we're not talking about it because it's stupid to talk about. Think about how dumb it is to say that you won. Now, here's real telling. Here's the real life. This is the real tax and order. This is apples to apples. Because you see this past Saturday, Dynamite was preempted. Again. Mm-hmm. Because uh, because of sports. Right. It was preempted to Saturday mm-hmm. from 8 to 10 p.m., right? Yes. Do you know what the Fox Network ran from 8 to 10 p.m. on Saturday. An encore presentation of SmackDown. You know why? they? By the way, it was not WWE running it, so people who think WWE put it up. So no, that, that was Fox because they originally slated the ALCS Game 7, which there was no need for, so they needed some filler, so they put wrestling on instead. True mm-hmm. story. And it was the smartest move they could have done because there was so much buzz behind the Charlotte and uh, Becky Lynch thing that a lot of people tuned in. Yep. So we do not have the official numbers until tomorrow. The official re-air numbers so far, these are unofficial because these are the turnaround numbers, which will be higher for both companies. Yes. This is what any analyst will tell you. AW Dynamite did 515,000 on Saturday. Okay. The SmackDown replay did 578,000. 60,000 difference if I'm doing the math? If not more, because when the numbers get down. But no matter what, the SmackDown replay play beat Dynamite live. What do you got to say, Tony? Everybody's watching the Jericho Oh, it was Cruise. a different night. It was know. a different night. Oh, <laughs> Appalachian State, I heard. Yeah. I heard the Appalachian State game is what took it away. As a matter of fact, uh, Coach Coach says that, uh, and I'm going to quote co- uh, the coach on here because he was making the jokes. I do believe it was uh, Dynamite numbers were down because Game 6 of the ALCS, guess what? Game 6 of the ALCS wasn't on, and it would have been Game 7. Mm-hmm. So Meltzer's, this is from Meltzer, by the way. And uh, Coastal Carolina versus Appalachian State. That's what Dave Meltzer said. He should know that the baseball game wasn't on, you stupid motherfucker, because it would have been on Fox. Tell me la Oh, wait a minute. Fuck this. I'm just going to do it. It's for old time's sake. Throwing it back. For old stakes, we'll just do it this time, because I think it's fucking great, because fuck this lying son of a bitch. Tell me lies. Tell me sweet little lies. Tell me lies. A.W., I'm going to say the same thing that Eric Bischoff did in closing because we're going to go into the final here. But I'm going to say this, this is where I'm going to end this whole bullshit. TK, listen to me. Helping you. Stop looking at numbers that don't mean shit. Start focusing on the program and how you can make the program better. Start thinking how you can bring them casual fans. You signed the guy that I said was going to be the biggest needle mover and prove me wrong because CM Punk hasn't moved the needle. Daniel Bryan hasn't moved the needle. Sorry, Bryan Danielson. Adam Cole hasn't moved the needle. 
And they're all great. It's not that they're bad. But why aren't those guys moving the needle? At what point in juncture do you think that it could be because wrestling fans see people arguing about dumb numbers and not talking about what's good? Why aren't the fans passionate about the matches and selling the matches and selling the wrestlers and instead passionate about the numbers? You know why? Because TK is out here screaming about stupid fucking numbers and you're losing. And everybody who has a brain, every casual fan, everybody who isn't even wrestling fans, look at these numbers, and they see 578,000 up against 515,000, and they don't give a fuck about your stupid 18 to 49 males were tuning in more. They just look and you see they lost. It's 35-21, Tony. It's 35-21. Let's go with my analogy earlier. This is how I get fired up. I want AEW to succeed, but mark my words, I'm going to say it now, if they do not change their plan, True TV, which is Ken saying all along, is going to come true. And on top of that, Tony will never go out of business. He'll just be like Impact, fluttering around with nothing. With all these people who are like, oh, remember the glory days. The glory days never came. Pat says, boosting your football team beat the opponent in the second quarter of the game might technically be true, but it doesn't mean shit if you lose the final score. That's absolutely correct. My problem is this. We need to change the narrative. AEW fans, not even Tony Khan, look at me. Look at me. I'm your captain now, okay? Look at me. I'm looking in the camera. Stop talking about dumb ratings. Start telling people why they should watch AEW programming. Start telling people about Andrade versus Pac. Pac. Start telling people about, you know, all the great matches. Let's go. It's the third quarter, guys. It's the third quarter. And why it's the third quarter? Is because now Tony Khan running his yapper has finally pissed Vince McMahon off. And you know how I know? September 4th and 5th is on the date. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think Vince isn't going to go for the juggler, you're fucking wrong. Vince will make those half-price tickets and give you the most stat card you've ever seen just to fucking show you what your place is. Hell, Vince will fill the building with free tickets. Just so they know. Come on, guys. Get your heads out of your ass and get it done. And I don't care. You can shit on Eric Bischoff and Dave Meltzer can think that he knows something. Tony Khan thinks he knows something. You guys know nothing. Nothing. You're not going to make the same mistakes as WCW. Well, WCW in 96, Tony, was beating WWE every week. That's the start of 83 weeks. They were competitive before that, and then they beat them 83 weeks in a row. Eric Bischoff knows a thing or two because he's the only man who has beat Vince McMahon on a consistent basis. Oh, and they weren't winning in the general demographic. They were winning in the overall numbers mm-hmm. and the demo. Well, interesting how that works. It's a weird thing. Guys, I'm not ranting about this again. Sorry, I'm doing it one last time. We're not talking ratings anymore. And I promise you that. I don't care if you guys think it's the juiciest rate. I don't care if Dynamite somehow pulls a $2 million out of its ass to compare to a 1.6 on Raw. Apples and oranges, it's Wednesday and, 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 and Monday. Guess what? Until they go head-to-head weekly, not just once in a while, nothing. Nothing said. If I'm you, Tony, you better prepare for the greatest all-out you've ever thrown. Because Vince is coming. Mm-hmm. Or you better hope you make it that far. It's not that you're going to go out of business because you'll never stop flushing money. Let's be honest. You want to add something to that, Ken, before we uh, kick on over to the last break before the main event so I can recompose myself? <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll talk for a sec. So what we're just trying to say to Nail Home is 
nobody was talking about Lee Moriarty versus Bobby Fish, which was a fucking fantastic. They match. should have been. They should have been. Nobody was talking about Daniel Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki and how great that match was, and one of the most hardest hitting matches you're going to see. Everybody that was waving the AEW flag for the most part was talking about the numbers instead of the action, and that's the problem. If you want to get fans excited about your product, nobody, unless you're into advertising, gives a shit about demos. Fans are fans. You want to talk wrestling to get your show hyped? You talk about how great the matches were. Why is it that nobody's talking about how great Pac and Andrade was until the Roadslander came in and fucked up the ending? I digress. Why is it that we'd have this great TBS championship tourney and nobody's talking about the matchups there, which is going to be some of the best women's wrestling you're going to see this year? Why is the narrative about the demos, which all it says is about somebody watched the show? If you have to really fine-tune who watched your show, you're missing the point of putting on a show. A viewer is a viewer is a viewer. It doesn't matter what demographic you're focusing on unless you're selling them something. If you want to sell your product, you make it accessible to the masses, not the minority. You need to get to the big picture, not the small fish. And that's the take-home from this. Thank you, Ken. Uh, once again, I'm going to play this next song we're going to play on break. Is fitting for me because AEW fans seem to think I'm one of these, even though I really want you to do well, and I promise you that. Mm-hmm. This song is by our good friends, the Jasons, from West Virginia. This song is called I Want to Be an Asshole. That's going to be your break. We're going to come back with the main event talking in GCW Wrestling. Wrestling fans, are you ready? Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! It's time to rumble! It's time for the main event segment of 607 TWS! And yes, I'm still hyped up, but I'm not going to rant. 
I'm not going to rave. That's over. I promise that that was it. I mean, I can't promise that I won't rant and rave again. I have a new song that I'm going to start playing on the Three Fat Nerds podcast for when I rant. And it's only a clip. But in podcasts, I can do it. I can't do it here. Gotcha. Because uh, have you ever heard the uh, Hate Breed song, Destroy Everything? Yes. I'm going to start doing the just the, the little short, short snippet of the chorus of the Destroy Everything. That's what I'm going to do before I rant from now Fantastic. on. Fantastic. Uh, anyways, by the way, uh, Pat says the narrative should be Malcolm Bivens wants to give Chucky a jackknife powerbomb off the NXT Titantron, and Diesel is here for that. Just want to that. Yes. So in the main event, we can only talk about the hottest up-and-coming promotion, the largest indie promotion in the United States, doing big things, throwing another gigantic weekend. They come to you about every other weekend. It's always worth the money. Get it over there on Fight.TV. Once again, another bundle that we picked up and watched. Ladies and gentlemen, it was GCW weekend again from Los Angeles, California at the Ukrainian Cultural Center. Unfortunately, that means we were up late nights. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, we didn't. We watched it on Sunday because we watched Bound for Glory Live. Right. For But uh, it started on Friday night. At 11 p.m. Eastern Time, of course, that is 8 p.m. Pacific Time, with Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 7. If you've never seen Bloodsport, Bloodsport is not a deathmatch tournament, even though it says Bloodsport. It is what it is. Have mm. you ever seen the movie Bloodsport? This is wrestling kumate. Yes. So what they do is they take the ring ropes down. So there's no ring ropes, no turnbuckles. And then it is very much MMA based. Mm-hmm. If you go out of the ring, you have 10 seconds to come back in. If you, the only way to win is by knockout, submission, or ref stoppage. The best way for me to explain this to you, this is a, is a worked MMA. Yes. So it's a worked shoot fight, if you will. (laughs) I know it's ironic. It's ironic, but it works. So which leads to some excitement. It's actually very good because some of the downtime that you see of passing guard and stuff kind of gets skipped over because they're being entertaining. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's very good. So, ready to run down the card? Let's do it. We're going to do a quick rundown of this card, kind of give you what was good or not, but it was just going to be a quick rundown. In the first match, we had Yoya defeated Starboy Charlie by knockout, yeah, which yeah. was surprising to that a lot of people. That was surprising as all blazes. Former NXT standout Zeta Zane defeated KZT by via submission, and Zeta Zane looked very good in this match. This was a really good match. Clark Connors def- had an upset victory over Royce I- Isaacs of Team Filthy via submission. Did not see this coming. Eric Hammer defeated Bad Dude Tito by submission. By the way, shout outs to Bad Boy Tito. Beca- Bad Dude Tito, sorry. Because a couple of weeks ago at an independent wrestling show that he was on, there was a domestic violence outside of the ring. Bad Dude Tito jumped out of the ring, jumped into the crowd, manhandled the offender mm. until the cops arrested the man who was beating on his girlfriend. Bad dude Tito is a bad dude, period. And congrats. Thank you, sir. Uh, next up, former NXT wrestler Marina Shafir, four horsewoman, defeated Masha Slamovich via, via submission. After the match, Zeta Zane came out and said, hey, in NXT, you treated me some kind of way. We should settle this. So the match is made. Bloodsport 8, when that comes to us, which I'm assuming WrestleMania weekend, if not sooner, it'll be Marina Shafir versus Zayda Zang. I'm all right with that. This is a great match. Uh, I was kind of surprised Sharia won. I was too. Really good. Battle of the Super Heavyweights next. J.R. Kratos defeated Calvin Tankman via knockout. Damn. Just damn. How great is Filthy Tom Lawler? He's, he's amazing. Filthy Tom Lawler defeated Alex Coughlin via submission. But the real fucked up part is Filthy Tom Lawler cut his facial hair into a mustache to mock Alex Coughlin. Also, Alex Coughlin's one of the trainers over at the New Japan Dojo. So Tom Lawler wore the black trunks, black boots, and one knee pad to also <laughs> make fun of him. Nobody does it like Tom. 
Nobody. Next up, the crowd turned on this man, by the way, but Davey Richards defeated Yua Uemura via submission. Very good match, by the way. Very good match. Unfortunately, the crowd wanted Yua to win. Yeah, I was surprised at that. I really Davey was. put him over, though. Davey put him over at the end of the match. Next up was your co-main event. The man who this is named after, Josh Barnett, defeated Tiger Ruas via submission. Very good technical match. Very good match. In the main event of the evening, the king, murder grandpa, Minoru Suzuki, defeated the dirty daddy, Chris Dickinson, via submission. And this is one of the best matches Suzuki has had in his entire new, uh, entire U.S. run. Overall, what do you think about Bloodsport, Ken M? Damn good card. Brutal as all fuck, but damn good card. I, I can't agree with you more. I thought it was very good. I loved every, every, every minute of it. Cannot wait to see more. Uh, like I said, I don't know when we have the next uh, when the next uh, thing is going to be up, but but I do know shortly it should be. So we will find out the next uh, blood sport. Sorry, mm-hmm. and when it will be at. Are you ready for night two, which took place on Saturday, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Pacific Time, from the Ukrainian Cultural Center in Los Angeles, California? GCW War Ready. War Ready. Yes. Yes, I am. We open the bout with a with what was announced as a seven-way scramble match between Gringo Loco, Lucas Riley, ASF, Matt Vandergraff, uh, Brandon Gatson, JTG, Yo. and Eli Everfly. But we had an addition to make it an eight-way, and that was, of course, Alley Catch. Damn right. And Alley Catch won this one. Yep. Alley Catch is on a roll right now. By the way, how impressed were you with the man, the myth, the legend, JTG? Jesus Christ, he looked fucking in phenomenal shape. I have not seen him in a hot minute. Damn. By by the way, next match, Clash of Styles, but super good. Jonathan Gresham taking on Alex Zane. This was a great match. By the way, your winner, Alex Zane. Yeah, surprised. Very good match, though. But but yeah, like I said, I was all in on this one. over for War Ready. On the screen, my bad, guys. There was so much ECW going on. I mean, it, it just lingers over. It's not a bad thing. Next up, we had Dark Sheik taking on Black Death, a.k.a. the motherfucking, motherfucking truth. truth, AJ Gray. AJ Gray gets the victory, but Dark Sheik, a phenomenal, always. Great match. Top to bottom, great match. Next up, I think I know that this was Ken M's match of the night. Arez versus... Ninja fucking, fucking Kamikaze Mac. Mac. Throw all the names in there. How great was this match? By the way, Ninja Mac wins. Ninja Mac wins. Does the usual Ninja Mac stuff, but there was a great story being told there, and he wins by submission of all things. How fucking great. He's the best. Next up, we had the tag team grudge match we were looking forward to. Jacob Fatu in the newly healed Juicy Finwa taking on Eye to eye is what they call themselves. The Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, and Star Boy Charlie. And in an upset victory, Star Boy Charlie pins Juicy Fanoa for the win. Yeah, I did not see this one coming. But the post-match beatdown left both of them out. And by the way, all I have to say is Star Boy Charlie has dick strings. Yes. <laughs> He's uh, not wrong. Next up, we had the Young Guns battle. Jordan Oliver Versus the 16-year-old third-generation prodigy, Nick Wayne. This match was wrestled to a no contest because 
Atticus Coger came to the ring, yeeted the shit out of Nick Wayne, mm-hmm. and then proceeded to maim Jordan Oliver yet again. Yeah. This is just such good storytelling here. After the match, Atticus said, I am not to be compared in the same category as Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne. You want to talk about the young pillars? That is bullshit. The pillars of GCW is deathmatch wrestling, and I am the very best at that. So I will see you at the Nick Gage Invitational. Yeah. So Atticus Coger is added into the Nick Gage Invitational coming up in a couple weeks. They're loading that thing up, and rightfully so. Next up is the match that a lot of people were waiting for. The GCW World Tag Team Championships on the line. Your reigning undisputed and defending champions, the second gear crew, Mance Warner and Matthew Justice, defending against one of, if not the greatest tag team in the history of tag team wrestling, Dem Boys, the Briscoes. Damn, this was a fucking match. Dude. This match was brutal. It was good. It was hard hitting. It was it was it, it was everything I wanted and more. The suplex to the floor and the suicide dive between the ropes. That Dude. fucking spot. Woo. How how about how about Matthew Justice going for the planche over the top and everybody just, and both the Briscoes just moved out of the way and he crashed and burned on the floor. Yeah. They were not messing around in this match and I was here for it. At the end of the day though. Your winners and new GCW World Tag Team Champions, Dem Boys, the motherfucking Briscoes. Damn. Smart booking. Love it. Give me more of it. Making his GCW debut, the man who is on top of the world in AAA wrestling, Psycho Clown, took on Effie. Yeah. Daddy. And this was a great match. This was a great match. It's storytelling at Effie. How fucking good. By the way, I want to first point out the GCW crowd loved them some Psycho Clown. Yes. And Psycho Clown loved him some GCW crowd. He was hugging people the whole way to the ring. Not just high-fiving, yeah. hugging people. It was great. It was a real moment. You could tell that even with a mask on, you could tell Psycho Clown was super excited to be there. And super happy to be have that interaction and the love from the fans. You know what? They, they loved him so much that for the first time ever, I think, Effie wasn't the overall face. No. Like, usually Effie's the one that gets cheered louder than anybody, and I, they love Psycho Clown, and I don't blame them. I love Psycho Clown. No, this was definitely a different side that we've seen the GCW crowd react to, and Effie played right into it. Effie, tur- Effie was, gonna, you know what? If he's not, I'm not going to be the baby face. I'll act like the heel. He tried to take off Psycho Clown's mask. He did all sorts of heel tactics. At the end of the day, though, uh, he went to make out with Psycho Clown at one point, yep. and the, he moved, and he made out with a ref. But at the end of the day, Psycho Clown uh, almost ran into the ref, when he turned around, Effie yanked his mask off, rolled him up, and got him in a small package for the one, two, three. Daddy defeats Psycho Clown. Yeah. <laughs> Did not see this ending coming, but wow. It's time for the main event of the evening. In one corner, you have the king, murder grandpa, Minoru Suzuki. In the other corner, you have the man, the king, the god of this shit, Nick fucking Gage. MDK all fucking day. I was I, I gotta agree with our good friend Walt. I was actually kind of underwhelmed with this match. At the end of the day, Minoru Suzuki does win the match with a sick gotch pile driver through a for, through a door. Yeah, their styles just seem to clash a little too much. Like, I mean, it wasn't a bad match. It, it was hard hitting. No, it wasn't it wasn't bad and it was hard hitting like you touched upon. But it just seemed like they just couldn't get on a good rhythm. 
this match. And it was a, a little underwhelming. I, I think they, uh, and also they didn't wrestle very long either, in my opinion. No, like, they, just, just they just went right to a brawl. But I digress. It was still a great match. Like I said, underwhelming for what I want, but, but it was still a good match. I love the finish. They th- they they tease it one more time, so you never know in the future if we might see that again. Mm-hmm. Maybe in a death match. Who knows? This time was not a death match. Overall, though, GCW War Ready, what'd you think? Great card. The main event moments stood out, and there really wasn't a bad match on the card. Every match was good. I mean, some were better than others, but every so, match yeah. was good. Um, scramble match. G, if you usually the GC, usually scramble matches are what they usually call the scramble match. It was a clusterfuck. Yeah. However, in GCW, the clusterfuck is great. Yeah, they always mastered. They mastered the art of the six to eight man match, mm-hmm. and it's always good. There's always high spots. There's always entertaining. There's always something going on. Uh, so I always think that that's that's one of the strong suits for GCW. Um, I got to be honest, one of the best matches of the night, if it wasn't the best match, it was the second best match, Ninja Mac and Arez. Yeah. Dude, if, you don't, if you've never seen Arez wrestle, or if you've never seen Ninja Mac wrestles, you need to see this match. These two guys are great. Yeah, and, and, and with Ninja Mac too, him and GCW is just fire, absolute fire. And I, my match of the night, man, because I was waiting for this, man, was them boys yeah. against this SCG, man. That did not SGC. And man... You want to talk about hard-hitting tag team action? That match was Tornado Tag all day. I don't know if that was the original rule, but they didn't give a fuck. No. And that's what we wanted to see. We wanted to see a brawl between two of the toughest tag teams in the history of tag team wrestling. At the end of the day, them boys come out on top, man. Mm -hmm. Solidifying, once again, that they are one of, if not the greatest tag team in the world today. Yes. Or any day. They're just damn good. Like that, That match is how you really do a wild brawl in wrestling. They might not be aesthetically pleasing, Ken M, but they sure are good damn wrestlers. Facts. Uh, at the end of the day, once again, all weekend long, definitely worth the money. It was twenty one ninety nine to buy the bundle. You can actually still buy the bundle if you want to and rewatch it. We get it every week. Uh, they will be off next weekend, but GCW will return the weekend after the first weekend of November. Uh, obviously, we are calling a UFC fight, but we will be keeping our eye on it. And I do believe two weeks after that, they're back again. Uh, then they're back again two weeks. Usually it's every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I know that it'll culminate that I'm trying to go and be at live and cover for us live uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day in Atlantic City. And, of course, January 23rd is upon us in Hammerstein Ballroom, New York City. I'm also trying to be there live for. So I, uh, I, I'm telling you, GCW Wrestling, get them. You know, if you're looking for an alternative, if you're looking for something different, if you're looking for something hard-hitting, if you're looking for good in-ring work, if you're looking for good storytelling, mm-hmm. GCW's for you. It, don't believe the hype. It's not all death matches. I mean, you if you don't like deathmatch wrestling, you might not want to tune into the Nick Gage Invitational. That's a deathmatch show. Yeah. But at most, this card this card had no death matches on it. There was zero death matches all weekend. So they know how to not do a death match. The New York show in Hammerstein will not have a death match because you can't have death matches in New York State. Mm-hmm. They do them, and usually they do a death match one a show unless it's Nick Gage Invitational or Tournament of Survival. But you know up front that those are death yeah, match you know tournaments. And they're tournaments. You know what you're getting into, as Ken M pointed out. But if your reasoning for not watching is death matches, at most it's one a show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the most I've ever seen on a non it was two, and that was uh, homecoming. homecoming. But that, that was a whole nother king caboodle in their yeah, hometown. That's, that's, a, that's a whole, yeah. But you could even skip those matches, walk away, not watch them. But I will argue this, and I and, and Ken M can attest this, because this is how Ken M started watching them. Mm-hmm. Give it a shot at least once. And and I got to say this, Ken M didn't just see any death match. It no. wasn't a normal death match. <laughs> the first death match he watched in GCW was Glass Ceiling. Yep, G. Raver and Jimmy Lloyd. <laughs> and the name Glass Ceiling came because there was a glass ceiling. Yeah. And uh, the, the glass ceiling got broke halfway through the match, which means there was glass everywhere. 
Yeah. And then they wrestled for another 15 minutes inside glass. It's fucking insane. And they actually wrestle, though, in these death matches. Like, it's not the death matches yeah, that, of all where they just use shit against each other. Yeah, no, it, it's a it's an acquired taste. I will say that. Because it took me a while even, like I said, that was the first time I, I sat and watched one. I was like, holy shit, what am I watching? It grew on me over time. Like, you see guys like Drew Parker right now, too. Yeah, who, super good. Who just lost. That's a, that's a, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, you see guys that are really going in there and doing stories in a death match, which I, I know if you're sitting at home or watching on stream going, wait, you just said death matches tell stories. When they're done right, they tell a fantastic Moxley story. Moxley versus Gage. Yep. How about Gage versus RSP? Yeah. From uh, RSP bring, Spring Break. Hell, even Matt Cardona. Gotta give him Matt credit. Cardona versus Gage. Told yeah. an amazing story. Yeah. But here's the thing. If they're not for you, that's fine. You can still get everything else from the show and just skip over it. I'm being serious. Yeah, it is. Because it's a great show. I mean, if you're missing out on guys like Ninja Mac or Arez or like these young lions like a, a, a fucking Jimmy Lloyd or a Jordan Oliver or a Nick Wayne or a Starboy they're, Charlie, like they're, these guys are fucking good. Yeah. And they're putting on some of the best wrestling matches you're going to see. And I, I can't put it over enough. And that's why we talk about it because... Like I said in that middle thing, we want to talk about good wrestling. We want to talk about, and we even want to talk about when it's bad and let you know if something was bad. But we want to talk about that and focus on the wrestling. Focus on why we're fans of pro wrestling. Focus on the business aspect because I can speak to it from a business standpoint from working in the business, but I'm also a fan and I want to be a fan. And right now, the only thing that's keeping me a fan of pro wrestling is independent pro wrestling. Mm. Independent pro wrestling is the hottest thing out, man. And even like, you know, even things like Impact. Impact's bringing the fire. Ring of Honor's bringing the fire. GCW is definitely bringing the fire. Yeah. There's smaller things. IWTV, check it out. There's something for everybody. I mean, even, I'm just throwing it out there. Even locally, Excite Wrestling got a monster card coming. Absolutely. Dropping that F-bomb. I don't care. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, we are coming to the end of the show, thankfully, because I'm out of breath. <laughs> Ken M, one last time, tell these fine folks how to find you. And the Ocho Duro Parley Hour Podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on social media. Check out Parley Points. New blog's coming. The T Public Store. Go hit the directory up where we're adding new places you can find the ODPH podcast, like Good Pods, where we're currently number one in the sports column and number one in the wrestling column, too, for podcasts. So thank you for checking us out there. All of that and so much more. odphpodcast.com. Of course, Three Fat Nerds. Find out everything about it at 8122productions.com. We're on all social media. Three Fenders Pod. Throw an at in front of it if you have to. Uh, find us anywhere you get great podcasts. Three Fenders Podcast. And, you know, there you go. I can't say it any better than that. I don't want to sit here and plug forever. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. A little dollar a month. Get a ton of extra bonus content. There you go. <laughs> Pad the bank a little bit. Who knows? Oh, I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm spent. Thank you guys once again. Next week. Same bat time, same bat channel, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on twitch.tv slash the podcast, 607TWS100. Yes. The 100th anniversary, 100th episode, anniversary, 100th episode. And we have a huge announcement mm -hmm. next week. You will not want to miss it. I promise you that much. Shit's getting real over here. Putting everybody on notice. We're going to send you out the same way we do each and every week, and that is with our good friend Second Suitor. The name of the song is One Winged Angel. Get it on Spotify, Bandcamp, and YouTube Music. Also, this episode, you heard Floodlands, Tom Jolu, and the Jasons. Check them all out. You can find more about them at 8122productions.com and odphpodcast.com. With that being said, for myself, for Ken M, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Most importantly, later! Wrestling fans! Ah.
Top ropes, one, two. 